Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the Sports Zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Fake to Connor again. Dobbs stepping up, stepping away, taking off with speed. Inside the 10, power into the end zone. What a run for Joshua Dobbs. His first NFL rushing touchdown was an impactful one. Now second and goal from the 11. Jones throws, end zone shot. It's caught by Hodgins for the touchdown. They're an extra point away from coming all the way back. Remember, it was 28-7. to They've scored 21 straight to tie it. Good hold, and the kick is through. The Giants have come all the way back for their first lead of the season with 24 unanswered points. Joku and uh, Moore in the same bunch. They play the drive. Watson looking for himself, and he's got it. Touchdown, Browns. If any. <sighs> Clean pocket here. Tipped in picks. Tipped by Warner, picked by Hufanga. One pro bowler leads to another. Hufanga flips it outside, and to Sean Gibson down the sideline and inside the 10. Neither team's been able to gain much traction offensively. This ball driven to right. Maybe this is it. Suzuki back. It is over the wall. A two-run home run. Cattell Marte. There's a little distance on that shot. Two more runs come in. And how has Cattell Marte been tonight? Second hit. Miles will swing and drive one to right. And that will do it. The Diamondbacks sweep the Cubs as McCarthy makes the play just short of the track. Awfully impressive performance, especially after last night's 13-inning marathon. Arizona this year has won six of seven against the Cubs. They win tonight, six to two. On over, steps up. Drifts left, throws, tipped, picked. Alzillian Hamilton, turnover number eight. What is there left to say? After eight turnovers, feels cold in the desert. Keen on first down, airs it out, sideline, and it's caught by Gill for the touchdown. Jalen Gill had to come back to the ball, slipped by the defender, a 42-yard score, and Fresno State extends the lead. Delora back to Lamonius Craig, who steps into the end zone, and Arizona now rolling. Clock starts, Tua looks, throws, touchdown Tyreek Hill! No deep balls for Hill, but he gets free. A beautiful two-minute drive. Second down and two. McCaffrey up the middle. Inside the 10. A stiff arm at the 5. And in for the touchdown. Christian McCaffrey barreling in for six. And San Francisco has the early lead. There's the quarterback sneak. There's the push for Ty Simpson. And there is the Sultan. 
for Alabama. The offensive line has continued to try and protect better and better here in the second half. Sanders open. There he is again. Touchdown, Harrison. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Monday, September 18th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUSAM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2100.7, the Cardinals, who was most to blame for the Sunday meltdown. Also, I got to scroll down here, so hang in there with me, folks. All right. Two days off, I'm out of practice. Uh, Brown Steelers, who you got tonight? ATS at Pittsburgh. Also, in addition to those things, the Diamondbacks, why have they dominated the Cubs the last two weekends? What's the biggest reason? The Sun Devils, will they win another game? The Wildcats, are they better than last season? Back to the NFL, evaluate any 2-0 and zero team, or for that matter, 0-2 and two team. There are a few of them. College football, who should be the Alabama quarterback? And is Colorado a Pac-12 contender? Also, what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9.15, a Steelers and Bengals preview with Reddy Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. 9.30 or so, interactive action, 602-260-1060. And also the local roundup, that'll be topped by some Cardinals and Giants analysis from Sunday. Then the final segment of the sports zone will be the National Roundup, and we'll get to a variety of things in that particular segment, including a line for both games tonight. There's two Monday night football games next week, too. So uh, we'll uh, get uh, four teams in one night. That's okay. That means less games on Sunday, which is good for me because there's too many games on Sunday for me. All right, then after the sports zone from 10 to noon, it's the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with a KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is, who deserves the most blame for the Cardinals 0-2 start, the coaching staff or the players? Kayla is here and has the early returns. Right now, the coaching staff, 100% of the vote. Whoa. Okay. Cardinals have led at the start of the fourth quarter in each loss so far. But they've been outscored 27-0 uh, in the fourth quarter. It, uh, in the uh, four-point and three-point losses to the to the Commanders and the Giants, respectively. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question: Who wins Monday night at uh, at uh, Pittsburgh? That's right, Pittsburgh. Uh, that's like what you know, east of Cleveland. Uh, the Browns or the Steelers? Those are the two teams playing tonight. And Kayla, what's going on here? Well, this one is less convicted uh, as there is a 50-50 split between the Browns and the Steelers. That's on Twitter right. at KDOS AM 1060. All right, that's what we like. All right, the Steelers, after the preseason hype, try to avoid a 0-2 start tonight against the Browns, who can start 2-0 and uh, in winning their first two games against AFC North rivals. That would be a great start for them. 
Meanwhile, on the local front, the Diamondbacks swept the Cubs. Arizona, after Saturday night's you know, marathon, 13-inning uh, marathon, dominated last night to win for the sixth time in seven games over the last two weekends against the Cubs. What's the biggest reason the Diamondbacks have dominated the Cubs the last two weekends? Arizona State season might be over before conference play begins this weekend. Meanwhile, the Sun Devils down to their fourth quarterback without 80% of their starting offensive line from week one, which was only like three weeks ago. ASU had no chance in Saturday night's 29-0 home field loss on Saturday night to Fresno State. That game could have been far worse if Fresno State would have done much better in the red zone. They ended up kicking a, a whole bunch of field goals, and they scored just two touchdowns. Is it fair to at least wonder if ASU wins another game? They have nine games left. Do they win any of them? Meanwhile, Arizona can prove uh, uh, that it can beat bad teams at home. The Wildcats pulled away in the second half to beat UTEP on Saturday night. Is the U of A better than it was during last year's 5-7 and seven season? Meanwhile, Spain, the Globe, the Dolphins, and 49ers are 2-0, and zero, but they are both 2-0 and zero with consecutive road wins. Uh, Miami beating the Chargers and the Patriots. San Francisco defeating the Steelers and the Rams. Which 2-0 and zero team are you most... Uh, you, you, let's, let's rephrase that. Which 2-0 and zero team do you least believe in, least believe in, and which 0-2 and two team do you think has got a chance to get up off the mat and make a, make a run to the playoffs? Meanwhile, Alabama continues to stumble. Colorado continues to win. Uh, Nick Saban, hmm, he's used three quarterbacks in three weeks. Uh, Colorado now 0-3 and three to start this, excuse me, 3-0, and zero, my bad, 3-0 and zero to start the season the, to begin the Deion Sanders era. Who should be Alabama's starting quarterback? We've seen three guys. And is Colorado good enough to be a contender in the Pac-12? Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All the way back to last Friday, which seems like a long time. Uh, also, of course, anything uh, that you caught your eye from the pro or college football weekend, certainly encourage discussion today. All right, that's the pipeline for today. We will get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion categories, whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602 260 or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey will have a news update. That will be followed by a preview of tonight's Steelers and Browns game. Ray Fittipaldo will join us from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette in the next segment. And uh, the Steelers try to avoid a 0-2 start at home in both games. Once again, bottom of the hour, it'll be phone call time if you want to jump aboard. General discussion, 602-260-1060. Also, the local roundup, that'll be topped by the Cardinals' fourth uh, quarter or second half meltdown last uh, yesterday afternoon against the... Uh, New York football giants who had the first, uh, one of the worst first six quarters in NFL history. 
Then they played the second half. Uh, you're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castle X HD 2 100.7. SB Nation Radio is now Sports Map Radio, keeping sports content fresh and fun. Join us right here on KDUS AM 1060. And welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Kiss Lux HD 2 100.7. You're home with the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. Steelers try to avoid a 0-2 start at home tonight as they face the Browns. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. For a preview of tonight's game, we're now joined in sports by Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And Ray, always good to have you on the show. Let's go back to week one, the 30-7 home loss to the Niners. What surprised you the most in that game? Well, I mean, I can't single one thing out. I mean, to me... Kenny Pickett in that offense, they were pretty darn good in the preseason. Uh, Kenny and the first-team offense were on the field for five drives in those three preseason games, and they scored five touchdowns. So there were expectations that that offense would be much better. But, you know, when you look at the defense, too, I mean, this this Steelers team is, is built around its defense. You know, C.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Minka Fitzpatrick, they, they expect to be – top 10 defense in the NFL, and then they had the 49ers come in and do whatever they wanted on them, run the ball, throw the ball, you name it. They were outclassed in every facet. So, you know, Bob, that's the challenge going in to this game on Monday night. Uh, Can you rectify uh, what went wrong on the defense? And then you include the fact that Cam Hayward got hurt, and then can you get more out of the offense too? So they got some big challenges against the very good Browns team that's coming in here. Okay, so kind of use some coach speak here. What do you think is most correctable from that game heading into tonight? You know, even though Cam Hayward is out, um, I still think the defense is going to be what carries this team this season. Um, So I I expect T.J. Watt to have a big game tonight. I expect the secondary uh, to play much better. So I think if the Steelers are going to win this game, I think it's going to have to be low-scoring. Um, their offense is going to be improved this year, but I think based on what we saw last week, I still think there's some major steps and some major improvements that have to take place. So until that happens, Bob, I think they have to lean on their defense, and I think that means um, you know a big game tonight for them if they want to win it. Okay, you've been around Mike Tomlin for many seasons now. How did he react, and was his reaction different than some of the rough losses in the last few seasons? No. Uh, Mike is very good um, after losses, especially after bad losses. I think there's a stat out there. After they lose by 20 points or more, they are 10-2 and two under Mike Tomlin. So his message is the same, win or lose. Um, they did get back to some of the basics. They had a lot of communication problems on defense last week. I think those things are very correctable. So, um, you know, Mike Palm's message um, is going to be the same, and um, he has a way of having his teams bounce back. Now, I, I will add this. Um, they've gotten off the bad starts 
like in three of the past five years, really four of the past five years, they've been like one in three, one in four. Um, last season they got off to a bad start too. So it doesn't necessarily happen right away. So this is a team that never really is out of playoff contention, but that's something you got to watch for tonight. Was that a one-week aberration last week? Or is it going to be slow moving here in September again until they find a way to get it turned around in October, November, and December? Kenny Pickett, uh, 46 pass attempts last week, a couple of picks, only 232 yards with all those pass attempts. That's not a real good ratio. Uh, so what's your evaluation of the passing game, You know, not just last week, but moving forward and apparently for a while without DeAndre Johnson is, is one of their top receivers? Yeah, Deontay Johnson's going to miss tonight probably more more than just one game, too. So, um, you know, Kenny Pickett's going to have to lean on George Pickens. George Pickens had 800 yards and four touchdowns last season as a rookie. Everyone's expecting him to take a big jump in year two. So we'll see if that's maybe jump-started a little bit. Maybe he becomes the number one receiver uh, a little quicker than anticipated. So uh, Kenny's going to have to lean on his best playmaker and George Pickens is his best playmaker. Um, you know, for, for the Steelers, um, even though they believe Kenny Pickett is going to be a much different player in year two than he was as a rookie, they still have to have a much more efficient running game in place in order to put him in positions to succeed. He's not going to be one of these prolific passers who throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns every game. That's just not who he is. Um they got to get Najee Harris in the running game going. they got to be more balanced than they were last week. You mentioned it, 45 pass attempts, only 10 rushing attempts. That can't be their offensive identity. They're going to be more balanced, more 50-50 in the run-pass ratio. And then if I do that, I think Kenny Pickett will be in better positions to move this offense. Okay, so Matt Cannon is the offensive coordinator you know, that differential pass and run you mentioned. Yeah, but a lot of that was they were chasing points from the start. Uh, you know, how would they prefer to actually, you know, have a offense that is, is productive and, 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 and just, you know, basically gives them a better chance to win? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you go back to last season, I don't know if they ever had an offensive identity. I think late in the season, you know, I think they found it. You know, the running game got much better. They were playing in low-scoring games. Defense was coming through. And I think that's who they have to be again this season. Um, so does that mean you have to come out and run the ball, you know, early in the first quarter? No. You know, the NFL is, um, you know, a lot of times that you, you – Whoa. Okay, we'll try to re-hook up with Ray here. Yeah, get him back in just a second. Yeah, certainly – yeah, you know, you know, like than they were last year. Oh, he's back. Okay, hey there, Ray. Good. Uh, we lost you there for a couple of minutes. Uh, you know, back to the Canada thing again. Um, you know, just uh, you know, how much of that was chasing points? You know, they just kind of got, yeah. got out of whack, and, and it, so, needless to say, was that the majority of it, or they just uh, they don't want to sit back there and wing it like that every game, obviously. No, absolutely not. And, you know, you get behind 20 to nothing, you know, 20 minutes into that game. That dictated the way the rest of that game was going to go. But, you know, really for Kenny Pickett to have a lot of success, I do think they have to get the running game going earlier in games 
I think Matt Canada needs to do a better job of doing that. Uh, but again, you're right, Bob. Uh, you know, last week, pretty tough to call a game as a as a play caller when you're down by that many points so quickly. Ray Fittipalro, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, curling the sports zone, previewing tonight's uh, Steelers and Browns game. The offensive line, uh, expected to be better. Maybe last week's not exactly the best test because that Niners front is pretty good. Uh, so how would you evaluate the offensive line and what you expect moving forward? Yeah, well, Mike Tomlin and Matt Canada both addressed that issue this week because none of the Steelers linemen graded out very well according to pro football focus. But when you put a fine-tooth comb to it, and you bake in that they were forced to pass protect, and pass rushers like Joey Bosa, um, Armstead, Javon Hargrave, they were in positions knowing the Steelers had to pass. That's really difficult to, to sit back there and to protect your quarterback for um, you know basically 80% of the play calls. Um, so that was a difficult thing, difficult circumstances. We should point out three of those five sacks, came, I think, on the final drive when it was clearly desperation time. So all in all, not a terrible performance from the offensive line. But again, like everyone else on that offense, they got to be much better going forward. Najee Harris, his numbers were down last year compared to his first year or so. Uh, what do you expect out of him, and how might that, you know, Warren uh, is you know, maybe I think it's accurate to say a more explosive runner. How might that running back distribution work out? Yeah, I think they're probably going to go about 70-30 in favor of Najee Harris. Uh, he's the number one pick. Jalen Warren's an undrafted free agent. Um, you know, they, the, the way they want to run their offense, they want to work horse like Najee Harris. Um, but Jalen Warren, as you mentioned, is a very explosive runner. Um, he's a different type of a runner than Najee Harris. Uh, a little bit more explosiveness to his game. Really good receiver out of the backfield, too. So there are ways that they can infuse Jalen Warren into this offense and have him be a factor. But I think for the most part, if you tune in tonight and watch this game, um, you know, if they run the ball 25 times, I think you'll see Najee Harris. It's 17 or 18 of those carries. So let's flip this to the defense. You know, T.J. Watt, you've seen a lot of difference makers over the years for this uh, Steelers defense. What separates him from the other guys? Yeah, I mean, there's only a few players in this league like T.J. Watt. You know, Nick Bosa is one of them. Micah Parsons is another. I know people probably watched that Cowboys-Jets game yesterday. He, he was a force, and... <laughs> You know, that's what C.J. Watt does every single week. He might not move around the formation the way Micah Parsons does, but he creates just as much havoc um, as Parsons or as Miles Garrett or any of these elite, um, you know, edge rushers slash linebackers do. So he's a terrific player, had three sacks um, in the opener against the 49ers. He is facing a rookie making his first start tonight in DeWan Jones out of Ohio State, so that's certainly going to be a matchup that uh, people are going to watch tonight on Monday Night Football. Speaking of Ohio State, you mentioned Cam Hayward uh, out for a while. Uh, how do they try to compensate for his absence? Well, you can't replace him. Even at the age of 34, he was still playing at a very high level. So they're going to have to do it by committee. They've actually drafted a lot of defensive tackles 
um, in the middle rounds the last couple of years. And guys like Keanu Benton, who was the number 48 overall pick this year, he's got to come through. The Marvin Leal was a third-round pick last season. They're going to ask him to do more. And Isaiah Loudermilk was a fifth-round pick back in 2021, and he's got to come through as well. So um, to answer your question, they're not going to replace him with one player. They're going to do it with a bunch of different players, and hopefully they can find some sort of a rotation, some sort of a rhythm among that trio where they can um, you know, hopefully fill the gap and, um, and uh, help the Steelers um, you know, do what they got to do to win football games. But I should point out, Cam Hayward, I think he played 12 or 15 snaps, uh, but the 49ers ran all over them to the tune of 188 yards. So first and foremost, they got to find a good run stopper who can play in the base defense, uh, a guy who won't allow that to happen again. Talking with Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Okay, how do they match up or how will they try to match up against Deshaun Watson and the Browns uh, tonight? Well, uh, we just talked about it. you got to stalk uh, Nick Chubb. He's one of the best running backs in the NFL. Had 1,525 yards rushing last season. They kept him contained in their victory against the Browns last year. And he got loose and kind of hurt them in the game that they lost to the Browns. Um, so it's not going to come down to one thing, but if I had to simplify it, one thing to watch tonight, if the Steelers can hold Nick Chubb around that 80 or 90-yard mark, um, limit his carries, limit his exposure in that game, I think he'll have a chance to win. But if he gets up over 100 yards and they can control the football like they like, they just like to do, um, I think you noticed last week Deshaun Watson only had 154 yards passing. So if mm-hmm. the Browns can play the brand of football they want to play um, and Nick Chubb can get over 100 yards, it might be a long night for that Steelers defense. Okay, let's flip this to the other side. We talked about the Steelers' offense a little bit already, but you know, last week the uh, Browns' defense dominated the Bengals in week one. I'm not sure that was as big a deal as I thought at the time after watching the Bengals again yesterday. Uh, but you know, what about that Browns defense is the biggest issue for the Steelers tonight? Well, yeah, new, new defensive coordinator and Jim Schwartz, and he's moving Miles Garrett around the formation a little bit more than they've done previously. Um, and, you know, you'll see him in the middle over the center. You'll, of course, see him aligned over the tackle on the outside as a classic edge rusher. So they have to be aware at all times where Miles Garrett lines up and where he rushes. That's the number one thing. Number two is they love to play man-to-man on the outside and uh, force your receivers to beat them in one-on-one coverage. So if guys like George Pickens can have a big night, um, Steelers will make some plays. If they don't, again, uh, they're, they're, they're going to be in a situation where they're going to have to lean on their running game to get it done. So Jim Schwartz is a familiar name um, in AFC football, former coordinator with the Titans. The Steelers have played against him a bunch over the years, and now he's putting a new twist on that Browns defense. And for one week at least, as you pointed out, it was very good against the Bengals. Yeah, I realize it's week two, but starting zero and two at home would not be good. I don't want to use the term must win, but what's the level of urgency for Pittsburgh to win tonight? Well, it's pretty darn close. I mean, if you go back and look since the merger in 1970, teams that start 0-2 have a 10% chance to make the playoffs. Now, 
you know, the last couple seasons, you factor in 17 games, even if you want to bump that up to, like, say, 12% because you have an extra week to make it up, it's still very steep odds to come back and to play in the postseason. So um, the Steelers are used to this. They've had some slow starts, as we mentioned at the top. It's the last thing they want to do this year. One and one is much easier to overcome than 0 and 2, especially if you would drop your first two at home. So, huge game tonight at Akershore Stadium. Uh, the Steelers are badly in need of a W. So, who wins tonight? I've got the Browns. I, I kind of I, I've seen this movie before with the Steelers. Um, they are classic slow starters for the last couple of years. I do eventually think they'll, they'll become a 500-ish type of team, but I got the Browns winning tonight 31-9. to Ray, always fun talking to you. I appreciate it as always. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and uh, read all his stuff, including obviously uh, tonight and uh, you know the uh, post-game and so forth. And uh, good stuff from Ray, as always. All right, next segment, it's phone call time. If you want to jump aboard, general discussion, 602-260-1060. Also get to some local roundup. Uh, at least uh, a little bit of Cardinals and uh, Giants analysis from yesterday. Tale of the two halves, I'm sure many, many people have already used that. Uh, I'm going to not use that and just kind of describe the tale of two halves instead. I think it's uh, a little, little takes a little more work to do it, uh, to actually try to describe it and maybe throw in some stats to back it up. Then at the top of the hour, before the top of the hour, excuse me, in the final segment of the Sports Zone, we will have the National Roundup. We'll get to tonight's games as far as the latest line and things like that. We've got two games tonight. We've got two games next Monday night, too. I'm sure that uh, you know, network television is kind of loading up on uh, as much as they can through all the, uh, the uh, you know, writer strikes and actor strikes and everybody on strike and entertainment, it seems like. Have you downloaded the KTUS 1060 app yet? Download today and get all of your favorite local and national shows right on your phone. It's time for today's local roundup. We're back in the sports zone with Bob Kemp on KTUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time. The KTUS hotline is 602-260-1060. We'll get your phone calls in just a couple of minutes. First up. Little local roundup here in the Cardinals. Uh, they've now lost fourth quarter leads in their first two games. I wasn't even sure before the season started if they'd ever lead a game in the fourth quarter, but they have, and they've lost them both. The first game at Washington, the offense failed to score a touchdown period in any quarter in the 20-16 loss. On Sunday, the defense failed to stop basically the Giants. They had a 28-7 third quarter lead. They actually allowed 31 second-half points in the 31-28 loss in Glendale to the Giants, a 21-point lead, the largest the Cardinals have blown in a loss since 2011. And now they've also lost six consecutive home games. The last Cardinals win in Glendale was last October, the Thursday night victory against the Saints. Meanwhile, Cardinals head coach Jonathan Gannon, after his first home game as a head coach, said among many things, quote, it's also, it all starts with the coaches, um, you know, basically being on the details of everything it, that uh, we're doing, end of quote. And like I said, he said many other things, but that's the one thing that stood to me, stood out to me. 
and I don't necessarily disagree with him. Um, you know, the playing roster is very good, but the Cardinals do not have a roster with very many NFL starting caliber players. And the most decorated player on that roster, Buda Baker, did not play yesterday because he was out with a hamstring injury that he apparently sustained during Friday's practice. All right, on to the KDUS hotline we go. 602-260-1060 and uh, Chuck in Sun City. Hello. Hey, good morning, Bob. Um, I uh, comment on the uh, Rams game. Uh, okay. That field, goal, that field goal at the end, do you have any thoughts about that? It was an impossible situation, but it like millions of dollars changed hands with that field goal. And uh, Well, I, okay. Well, I'm just gonna. There's games like this every week. <laughs> I mean, I understand. Um, you know, they wanted to get a touchdown lead. If you're taking a look at the scoreboard from you know Shanahan's viewpoint, but uh, you know, I've been doing the uh, you know gambling point spread thing since the '70s. So you know, I'm not really. I don't really think about that very much. Um, unless there's just an egregious thing at the end or a team's clearly trying to run up a score, but that mainly happens in college football, that part. Well, the Rams are the ones that kicked the field goal, which covered the the, the main line was seven and seven and a oh, half. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I thought the 49ers kicked. Yeah. My bad. I didn't watch that game, obviously, because I was at the Cardinals game. But uh, So yeah. I guess they just wanted to, get, they wanted to get within one score, I assume. Well, here's the thing. There was only three seconds left, and, and that strategy of being down ten, kick the field okay. goal, try to get on the side, well, that works. But okay, but well, I, I didn't. Okay, I think you have a good point there. I didn't know all the circumstances. My apologies. Okay, have a good show. Thank you. Uh, okay, you too. Sorry about that. My bad. But uh, when we're at Cardinals games on Sunday, I don't get to watch nearly as much as I do if uh, Cardinals are out of town. Quite frankly. Uh, where am I going next, Kayla? I'm sorry. Bill and Surprise. What's up, Bill? Good morning, gang. How are you guys today? Gang is good. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have a question. You might know the answer to this one. Do you think that the Cardinals have an insurance policy uh, for Murray's uh, injury? I would assume so. I'm not positive how all that works. Maybe there's something involved there. I have no. I, I really don't know. Uh, I know in baseball, there's you know guys that have the teams that have done that, but I'm not sure if that happens in football. It's obviously a little different sport than uh, Major League Baseball, where injuries certainly occur, but uh, not as many you know serious injuries or you know significant possible long-term injuries. Yeah. Okay. I I just didn't know. I thought that would be a good deal for them if they uh, if they were smart enough to do that, because I think that when push comes to shove. They're going to send him on his yeah. way when the contract's up. I mean, I, I think that's yeah. basically where it, where we're at now. I mean, they're in a rebuilding mode. I mean, it's obvious. So, uh, well, I'm guessing if he comes all the way, he's going to have to prove something this year. The best thing that I've said since day one, way back in like February, the the best thing that could actually I think happen to the Cardinals. Realistically, the best thing that could happen to the Cardinals this season is that Murray comes back at really at any point and proves that he's healthy, and another team may want to actually acquire him before next season. Yeah, they'll, at least they'll get a draft pick or something out of that. Yeah, that would be a, that would be a good plan. My football season's not yeah. going well. 
My Jets, my Jets are terrible now. <laughs> we, we would have a good well, fight, fight, fight. Yeah, I mean, it's terrible. Yeah. Rogers is well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's you know, that's a, that's unfortunate. I mean, you know, I'm not. I thought they were a little overhyped and overrated before Monday night, last Monday night, but. You know, four snaps into the game. I mean, my God, four snaps into the season of the Aaron Rodgers era, that's just not right. That can't that, – that's unfortunate. Playing behind that offensive line, though, I think it was just a matter of time before one scored about I, I agree. I, I agree with that. I mean, I don't know about, you know, certainly the extent of the you know, the seriousness, 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 he tried to say, uh, this injury, but yeah, I've said for that, that was why I thought the Giants were overhyped. I've said many times over the last few months that uh, this offensive line was bad last year, and they were certainly. I think they did try to improve it. They got definitely uh, surprised the way that the draft fell, and they right. weren't able to get a you know weren't able to get one of the top offensive linemen with that first pick. Uh, they certainly you know, think they were they were prepared to basically you know, take care of that. But once once a couple offensive linemen went out much earlier than anticipated, including Paris Johnson to the Cardinals, uh, that kind of that plan kind of went to, went down the down the uh, down the tank yeah. actually. Yeah, it's a work in progress. I mean, they're trying to pick up players, you know, that they could use. But uh, yeah, you're right. I was hoping that they would get a top one, in, but they didn't. So uh, uh, I don't yeah, blame I them now. I, I no, don't blame them no. now. But I, I think that they. The, it's hard. People, you don't get offensive linemen off the street that are ain't good. I mean, that's you know, right. and, and that that's a case for. There are many teams in this league that had significant offensive line issues, including the Jets last season. And you know, just through two weeks of this season, it looks like there are many teams that still have some significant offensive line injuries. And what's you know, for instance, the Texans, all four of their offensive linemen that they had planned to start. It's week two, and they're all out. Yeah. Four of the five starters, including, you know, they have an excellent tackle combo, and those guys are were both out yesterday, and they're going to be out for a while. Yeah. yeah it's a tough road. When you, you, there's no easy solution for that. I mean, there's no. There is not. You know, there is not. Like, you, you can't go to the Canadian Football League and bring a player. They, like you said, if, you don't find guys six five and three hundred and eighty pounds, three hundred sixty pounds that are superb athletes. You know. <laughs> yeah, they're not they're on the street. They're, yeah. they're not in the street or on the waiver wire. Those guys, you know, they're not available. What's okay, Bill, on? hang in there. Well, yeah. Okay, thank you, buddy. I'll, I'll call you tomorrow. All right. Okay, I'll be here. All right. Coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's show. We'll get to some national roundup. We'll start with the two Monday night football games tonight. Some latest line information on that. The consensus latest line in the two contest and then we'll get into a little weekend scoreboard action a couple of things from the nfl i mentioned uh, the dolphins and the 49ers with two road victories already and they're two zero two and zero start so we'll dive into that a little bit and then time pending we'll get to some college football from saturday also in the national roundup today don't forget the extra point hosted by kayla much more on the local and national football scene over the next two hours, tons of analysis, so stay tuned. All that right here on KDUS AM 1060 and Kesslux HD2 100.7.
Gottlieb Show, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m., right here on KDUS AM 1060. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back. Final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. Two Monday night football games tonight. Uh, the first game, Saints and Panthers. That's on ESPN at 415. And uh, the uh, Saints, a three-point road favorite. Uh, the consensus total in that game is th- pretty much everywhere, 39 and a half. Opened 42 and a half, but uh, the uh, Panthers have some offensive injuries. And the Saints were pretty inept running the ball last week, so I'm guessing that's a couple of the reasons that that number came down three points since the look-ahead opening number of a couple of weeks ago. Second game tonight we previewed earlier this hour with Refit Apaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. The Steelers opened a one-point favorite in the look-ahead, then they laid the dud in week one, and that's also since then the Browns won week one at home against the, uh, against the Bengals. So the Browns, a two-point favorite in most worldwide locations uh, tonight at Pittsburgh. Total in that game sitting at 38, 38 and a half a couple of places. Uh, but mainly 38. Uh, also, uh, from the weekend scoreboard, the Dolphins have two road victories. Uh, Raheem Mostert, uh, a pair of touchdown runs, including a 43-yard carry, a 43-yard carry in the fourth quarter. Uh, and the two added the two-yard uh, two touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill. The Dolphins held on to beat the Patriots 24-17. In uh, Sunday night football, I'm you know listening in the car the way back from the Cardinals game and watching the you know the last you know, t- you know basically you know, two and a half quarters on television. Once I got once I got home, uh, I really didn't think at any point of that game that the Patriots were going to win it. Uh, two and now five and zero against Bill Belichick uh, in his young career and to his young career, Belichick's not a youngster. Uh, Mostert, he's been really good the first two games. Not bad to be a running back on that team, though, with all those wide receivers. And uh, he's not bad. He's been pretty good when he's been healthy in his career, which hasn't always been a lot. Uh, But uh, 18 carries, 121 yards last night. Tua, uh, 21 of 30, 239. Not the, uh, the passing extravaganza that we saw against the Chargers in week number one. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, next up for the Dolphins, they get to go. They get to go home and play the zero and two Broncos. Uh, the Patriots, uh, you know, play at the zero and two Jets. Uh, meanwhile, the 49ers win again on the road. Two road wins for them. Brock Purdy, uh, 206 yards. Didn't run, or excuse me, didn't throw for a touchdown. Uh, he ran for an early touchdown, but did not throw for a touchdown this game. Debo Samuels got a big touchdown run with 11.28 to go in the game. And then uh, San Francisco, quote, hung on. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, 116 yards rushing, scored a touchdown in that game. You heard that touchdown at the top of the hour in our highlight package to begin the show. And uh, the only loss that the 49ers have had to the Rams since December of 2018 was a pretty significant one, though, as the uh, 2022 NFC Championship game. And actually, the 49ers should have won that game had it not been for the dropped interception. Uh, San Francisco would have won that game and gone to the Super Bowl. Meanwhile, Purdy threw, uh, failed to throw a touchdown pass, and 
Didn't have a passer rating above 95. That's the first time in his seven-game career in the regular season as a starter that that's actually happened. Next up, the 49ers play their home opener, finally for them, against the one-on-one Giants on Thursday night. Uh, The Giants staying here in Arizona for a couple of more days, and then they're going to go to uh, San Francisco uh, at some point on Wednesday. So uh, staying on the West Coast, obviously, with the quick turnaround for them. Meanwhile, the 1-1 Rams play at the uh, 0-2 Bengals on Sunday. College football, Alabama, has they have issues on offense. They've used three quarterbacks in three games. Uh, they started Taylor Buckner, the Notre Dame transfer on Saturday. He was awful. Then they uh, brought in uh, Trey Simpson, and I'm not sure he – Ty Simpson, excuse me. I'm not sure he's much better. Basically, it sure seems like Jalen Milrow is better than both of those guys. He was benched after the Texas game. So we'll see if Nick Saban makes another quarterback change for this upcoming week. And Alabama's going to need to score some points this week, most likely, because they had they opened their Southeastern Conference schedule against number 17 Old Miss. Uh, that game's in Tuscaloosa. So will Alabama lose a second consecutive home game? It's possible. They got to score some points. They got to get a better offensive line, and I don't know. Don't think you can bring in guys in the next week to improve their offensive line. You gotta go with what they got. So we'll see if that happens. All right, next two hours it's the extra point hosted by Kayla. A lot more local and national football league analysis and uh, college from Saturday. Thanks for listening. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Count.